Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. My name is Anes Wamboye, and today we're beginning a new series on the Decalogue, also known as the Ten Commandments. Do you know the Ten Commandments? Do you know them in order? Do you know all of them? Do you know who the Ten Commandments came from and who they were given to? Well, we're going to look at the Ten Commandments, and we're going to look at each of them one by one, and we're going to look at the meaning of each of these Ten Commandments and look at why the Lord gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments. So uh, the Ten Commandments come from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. They also listed in the book of Deuteronomy, but most famously known from Exodus, chapter 20, uh, all the way from verse 1 to verse 18, actually to verse 17. And uh, they are by far the most famous moral code ever written or the most famous moral code in all of human existence. There is no moral code that stands more famous than the Decalogue, more famous than the Ten Commandments. There is no list of instructions on human morality more solid than the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments have been the source of many constitutions of many countries. The Ten Commandments have been the backdrop and the background and the backbone of the institutions, of many institutions as far as the penning of their moral instructions are concerned, or their constitutions are concerned, the Decalogue has served humanity for thousands and thousands of years. And just a few interesting things about the Ten Commandments. Now, who gave the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel? All right? Now, most people would say God, and that is true. It is God. Now, who directly received the Ten Commandments? Most people would say Moses, and that's not true. Moses was not the one who received the Ten Commandments directly. It was actually all the Israelites who received the Ten Commandments directly. There's often a misconception, and it's often even seen in our movies and in uh, depictions of the Ten Commandments, where Moses goes up the mountain. Uh, he's told these ten things that the children of Israel should do, and then he comes and tells them this is what God said. Well, that is not consistent with what the Bible teaches. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 19 that the children of Israel had traveled and they got on the third new moon. They went out of the land of Egypt and they came to the wilderness of Sinai. And they set out at a place called Rephidim and came to the wilderness of Sinai and they encamped in the wilderness. And when they come to the wilderness, Moses gave them instructions on what to do to prepare themselves ceremonially to be clean. And the reason they were doing that is because they were going to meet God. All two million Israelites who came from Egypt were going to meet God. And so they consecrated themselves and they were not to come to the mountain uh, physically. They were to be... They were to be near it, all right? Of course, it was physically in their view, but they're not to touch it physically. In fact, the Bible says um, uh, in Exodus 19.23, Moses said to the Lord, uh, then Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself wander, saying, set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, go down and come up and bring Aaron with you, but do not let the priests and the people break through to come to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. And then Exodus 20 begins. And it's interesting, the first line of Exodus 20, it says, and God spoke all these words. 
The Ten Commandments were initially spoken by God. We know much later that Moses, um, in a fit of rage, broke uh, the tablets that had the Decalogue and yet go up and have them rewritten. But the initial Ten Commandments were verbally given to the children of Israel by God. And it says God spoke all these words. And then he says all the Ten Commandments. And then in verse 18, it says all the people saw the thunder, the flashes of lightning, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking, and they were afraid. They trembled. They stood far off and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. They had God speak all these Ten Commandments. They literally had his voice. Can you imagine that? Two million people listening to a literal voice coming from the mountain. They literally had the voice of God. And so, the Ten Commandments were given to the children of Israel directly from God. Two million of them had the commands given to God. And when they had it, they said, oh my goodness, this is terrifying. This is scary. Please just tell him. Tell him we will listen to you. You go be our mediator. Don't let, don't let, uh, don't, don't let him speak to us directly or we will die. All right. The other thing about the Ten Commandments is that... Um, the Ten Commandments um, were given in, 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 in a particular order. You find that the first set of the commands often have to do with the relationship between us and God. And the last half, so to speak, have to do uh, with our relationship between, um, be- between us and, and fellow human beings. Actually, the first four have to do with our relationship with God. And then the, from number five to number 10 have to do with the relationship with one another. And this is to show that God's, God's law or God's word is keen in two kinds of relationships, a relationship with him and a relationship with fellow human beings. And that God desires that the, that the, um, that the epitome of our spirituality be seen in two ways, that we obey the Lord, we relate with him, and we relate with fellow human beings. Um, there is a kind of movement in our culture today that thinks as long as you have a good relationship with people, that's all that matters. As long as you are kind to people, as long as you relate with people and you have good thoughts towards people, that's all that matters. Just be a good person. But the Ten Commandments is not about being a good person. The Ten Commandments is saying beyond your relationship with people, you also have to have a healthy relationship with God. With God. And that God's requirement for you is not just for you to pride in having a great relationship with people around you, as some people pride themselves, but in also having a healthy relationship with God. That the approval of God matters. And in fact, the commandments that have to do the relationship with God are the preliminary ones. They are the first four, you know, they come first. And it's as if to say that your relationship with God is more important uh, than any other kind of relationship because all other kind of relationships stem from it. If you have a thriving relationship with God, naturally, you'll end up having a great relationship with people. You will end up pouring love into people because God is love. God is patient. God is kind. God is all these things. So when you draw from the source, your relationship with everyone else will pour out naturally. When you see people have horrible relationships with people, they treat their children badly, they treat their spouses badly, but they claim to have a relationship with God, God denies them. In fact, there's a part of the Bible that says, how can you claim to love God whom you've not seen 
and yet you can't love your brother whom you see all right so these are the 10 commandments and um i i, I took some time this year to memorize the 10 commandments in the new king james um, I'm still perfecting it. I like having my scripture memory word perfect. So whatever I'm going to read today is not, I'm, I'm going to read from the New King James um, as, as I refresh my scripture memory. This is what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20. God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Keep, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And that's the only command with a promise, by the way, you know, um, that's the fifth command. It's a command that has a promise, a very, a very, um, a very particular promise of long life upon the earth. It goes on to say verse 13, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. And that's the word of the Lord. Those are the 10 commandments. I'd like to challenge you guys to memorize the 10 commandments. All right. I'd like to put this challenge out there. I have memorized them from number one to number 10. I've used the New King James Version to memorize them. You could memorize them. Use a version of your choice. Uh, I love the New King James Version because it it, 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 is, a, it is one of those um, direct translations. Well, it's more of a dynamic equivalent, but it's closer to a direct translation. So it really gives you the heart of what was being said Um in this time so um just a few interesting things about the ten commandments it's interesting that the commands of the lord number one to number four uh, seem to be very detailed there seems to be a lot of detail in these commands a lot of expression and then from number five to number ten the ones that have to do with our relationship with fellow human beings seem to be very direct you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal very simple very direct now why is that i believe it is like that because um the bible says every human being has got uh, the knowledge of good and evil that has been planted in them. The Lord says in the book of Romans that uh, we have this uh, conscience inside of us and when we suppress the truth, we replace it with a lie and we take away that which God has put inside of us. God has planted eternity in the hearts of men. He has put this conviction in the hearts of men such that men know what is right and wrong even without a law and that 
um, before you even think that murder is wrong, um, there's a conviction in your heart that has been put there by God. From the moment you are you came into this world, um, there's the law of God written in your hearts. In fact, that's exactly how Romans says. says that the law of God has been written in our hearts. That even before we are told that murdering is wrong, we know deep down that it is wrong. And perhaps for that reason, especially with relation to fellow human beings, the commandments are short. They are pretty self-explanatory. You know, they're almost like reminders, you know, but then the commands to do with the Lord seem to be more detailed. Hey, listen, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. You know, the Lord could just have ended it at that. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Six days work and the seventh day, the Sabbath of the Lord, your God, do no work. But he goes on to explain, you know, this is why. And then you look at the other, the other command, you know, don't take the name of the Lord, your God in vain, you know. And he goes on to say, the Lord is so strict about this one. He'll not hold it on guiltless. You see the one that talks about idolatry, you know, he says, don't make idols, you know, uh, don't, don't go out of your way to try and forge anything in heaven or earth or under the earth. These commandments that have to do a relationship with God are a bit more detailed. And why is that? It's because um, our human hearts do not naturally know how to worship the Lord our God. The only time when our hearts were naturally inclined to worship the Lord our God was before the fall. That was when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden and they knew the heart of God directly. That time when the word of God was only one, Genesis 2, verse 16 to 17, you may eat of every tree in the Garden of Eden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat of it. For the day that you eat of it, you'll certainly die. And they understood the heart of God. And that's why they only needed that. That was the entire Bible, that one command, you know, that God was good. But the moment Adam and Eve sinned, they ate that fruit and they were alienated from God. And Adam and Eve bore children after the fall. Adam and Eve did not bear any children after the fall. All the children came after the fall. And we came from all those children. The daughters that they had, the sons that they had, who intermarried and went on to produce all the nations of the world. We were born with that Adamic nature inside of us. That rebellious nature inside of us. That nature that is contrary to the will of God. And because we are born in rebellion to God, we don't naturally honor God. We don't naturally do God's will. We need a teacher. We need someone to tell us, hey, this is how it ought to be. And what better person to do that than God himself? And that's why God teaches us. He says, listen, this is the effect of idolatry, that it brings the generational curses. This is the effect of taking my my of, of, of using my name in vain. I'll not hold you guiltless. It doesn't matter if it was a joke. It doesn't matter if you said it in passing. You will still be guilty before me. Why is the Lord giving that detail? Because we don't know how to relate with him. We need to be taught, you know. He says, listen, this is why you need to rest on the Sabbath because the Lord created the earth in six days. He made it on the Sabbath. He rested. When you do this, you are like God, you know. Why should you not have any other gods? The first command because i am the lord i'm the one who liberated you i'm the one who brought you out of the house of bondage i'm the one who brought you out of the land of egypt he's reminding them remember there were other gods in egypt there were other foreign gods in egypt and i triumphed over them all and so we need to understand that the ten commandments are very important in helping us understand the heart of god the Ten Commandments are not just a list of rules where God says, hey, do this um, and uh, 
you know, and I'll be okay. He he's not just about rules. The Ten Commandments are are a way of us to understand that yes, to remind us we do have this conviction in our hearts. God's laws be written, written in our hearts. We know the right thing to do with people, but also it's to remind us that God is desirous of relationship. God wants us to know Him. God wants us to find out who He is. God wants us to understand Him. All right, and the Ten Commandments are a standard for us to live by. Now I'll tell you. Simply by looking at the Ten Commandments, we all fail the Ten Commandments. None of us keeps the Ten Commandments. If you asked anyone, um, has God been your only God? I'm like, nope. There are times we have turned to other things to be our gods. Have you had the Lord Himself as, you know, as 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 king over your life, you know, as as perhaps Lord. In fact, the first command you shall have no other gods but me, that is the Lord asking to be king over your life. He's saying, I need to be king, I need to be your savior, you know? And then we say, yes, we have. But there were times when we were in rebellion, we did come to him and he was not our savior. And then number two, it's not enough to have him as king, is he Lord over your life? You know, don't make idols, you know? And then number three, you know, do we honor him? You know, you find that we do have idols. We do not honor him. We we open up our mouths and we use his name as a curse word even at times. And I, I love one of my favorite YouTube preachers. His name is Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort often asks his his listeners, uh, would you use your mom's name as a curse word? You know, and they say, no, we would not. Why? I respect my mom. I love my mom. Then why would you replace a derogatory word like the S word or the F word with the name of the Lord? You know, doesn't it just show what kind of regard you have for him? And then it says, keep the Sabbath. Do you keep it holy? Do you do that? No, we often fail. We don't do it. <laughs> we don't do it. We we fail to keep the commands of the Lord. We, 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 we work on the sabbath you know we chase money we don't rest you know we die of depression we die of overworking we 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 don't give our own workers rest you know um we don't take breaks we don't take leave why because we want more success we're violating the ten commandments honor your father and mother do we do that no we speak ill of our mothers we curse our mothers we curse our fathers we get angry at our parents and we and we shake our fists in heaven because of them we don't honor them we say my dad was a drunkard what good is he he deserves no honor we say my mom uh, abandoned me she does not deserve any honor and then murder we take the lives of people you know we 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 don't have value for human life. We we hold human life as of no consequence. You know, we value animals more than we value human beings. You know, you shall not commit adultery. We are rampant with sexual immorality. We we fornicate. We take people's husbands. We take people's wives. We we watch pornography. And even on pornography, those are people's wives you're watching. Those are people's husbands you're watching. It's adultery. You know, we 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 fantasize in our thoughts. We are full of filth. Do not steal. We take advantage of others. We steal their time their money their efforts the opportunities we don't give back 
what is due to us what what is due to others you know people pour out their time their money people pour their resources into us and what we do we just walk away we don't give you know that's stealing you know uh we we don't we covet our neighbor's house you know uh, we tell ourselves we are admiring it but in truth we are doing more than admiring we are we are jealous we want that house you know we look at our neighbor's wife you want your neighbor's wife <laughs> imagine wanting your neighbor's wife you 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 want your neighbor's husband you know and these commands are not just limited to the male gender it's also for the female gender you look at your husband at you at your neighbor's husband you go like oh my gosh if i could just have a man like that you know i don't like the one that i have you know we want our ma- neighbors resources their male servants their female servants their oxes their donkeys anything that is our neighbors we crave and and guys when you look at the average human being or the average week in human existence we are not in tandem with the 10 commandments we break the 10 commandments we don't honor the 10 commandments now why is that it's because of that adamic nature that we received that nature that we received from adam is so repulsive it is so putrid it is an enemy of god it hates the lord and because of that god becomes an enemy his word becomes an enemy and none of us can keep the 10 commandments none of us can adopt the 10 commandments but we must understand that the children's the children of israel's journey from egypt to the promised land is a picture of the believer's journey from bondage to eternity all right so egypt represents the world and the children of egypt of, of israel have come from the world egypt represents the world where you are in bondage you are in slavery uh pharaoh represents the enemy the devil who uh, has held the children of israel captive god's people have been held captive by sin and we are bound and that's exactly what sin is sin is captivity um it may look as if there's enjoyment like oh but i don't feel like a captive honest all this fornicating drinking uh, abusing and and living a carefree life i don't feel like i'm a captive well uh it may not look like that and it is to satan's advantage that you never see it like that it is to satan's advantage that you always think that you're free to do what you want to do and that sin is enjoyable but it is in his interest that you remain a captive it is in his interest that you remain bound and you are a captive everyone who sins is a slave of sin that's what the bible says everyone who sins is a slave to sin and if you sin beloved let me just assure you you are no different from anyone any of those children of israel who were in captivity everyone who sins is a slave to sin and if you want to get a reference for that that comes from john john chapter 8 verse 34 and the, the words of jesus he says everyone truly truly i tell you jesus said john 8:34 everyone who sins is a slave to sin and so you may have some sort of carnal enjoyment but that doesn't negate the fact that you're a slave to sin your soul and your spirit are in shackles and what does the lord do The Lord uses a mediator, he uses Moses and with a mighty arm and an outstretched arm, he does the most miraculous thing, he rescues the children of Israel. He rescues them. He he brings the death of the firstborn. And the death of the firstborn of the children of Israel liberates the children of 
the death of the children of Egypt rather the death of the firstborn of the children of Egypt liberates the children of Israel now this comes to our life as believers that we are held in the shackles of sin and guess what happens it is the death of the firstborn of God that liberates us from our spiritual Egypt the death of Jesus Christ his blood being spilt is what it's what liberates us right and in the time of Egypt it was the blood of the lamb that was shed abroad the doorposts and the lintels of the house that spared the children of Israel from death similarly it was the blood of the lamb of god it was the blood of the lamb of god jesus christ that spares us from the wrath of god and we are saved we are liberated and we begin our journey of sanctification from egypt to the promised land all right and as we begin guess what the devil knows he's lost us and he thinks he can come after us just like pharaoh came but the lord gives us assurance of protection a cloud of fire by night to show us the way a pillar of cloud by day right and that is commemorative of uh, the word of god the word of god is a pillar of cloud by day it directs us it shows us where to go it is a fire by night that gives us light and direction in the dark times as a christian you know and we get to the red sea and the red sea is split you know and pharaoh comes after the children of israel and the children cross the red sea well it is split open on dry ground on dry ground you know and and the red sea is a symbol of baptism for the believer you know it's an archetype of baptism for the believer and and that's what uh, paul the apostle uh said in first corinthians chapter 10 he said you know when they crossed that sea it was a type of baptism so that's the believer getting baptized you you jesus christ blood is shed um he's the lamb that is slain and his door put on the lintels of your doorpost he's also the firstborn who dies you know and you are liberated and his word of god guides you and it guides you all the way to the red sea to baptism and you are baptized and you go through the red sea all the way to the other side and pharaoh tries to come after you but he's defeated that is to show that no weapon formed against the believer shall prosper no tongue shall rise against the believer shall stand and the enemy is defeated the pharaoh is brought down that is to give us assurance of salvation that once we are in christ we've got a rich inheritance kept in heaven for us that can neither perish spoil nor fade and then from there there's a journey from the other side of the red sea all the way to all the way to um the um, you know the, the promised land but before we go to the promised land we pass through sinai and in sinai we have an encounter with god and then counter with god has lightning and thunder it is dramatic you know and that could be the holy spirit baptism when at times the holy spirit fills us you know and and we are given gifts and we are given god's word you know and and we hear from god directly you know we get this personal conviction you know and we hear god's requirement for our lives and the word of God is now given to us in an even more tangible way. You know, we have more responsibility um, as far as the word of God is concerned, you know. And it's interesting that the children of Israel are given the Ten Commandments to obey after they've been liberated, after they've been saved, 
after they've been cut off from Pharaoh. And so it's the same with us believers. We are given the word of God to obey after salvation. We do not obey the Ten Commandments in order to be saved, but rather we obey the Ten Commandments because we are saved. We don't believe in a salvation of works. We don't say, if I obey the Ten Commandments, then I will be saved. There are people who choose, there are people who say that, that if you believe the Ten Commandments, then you'll be saved. No, no, no. Rather, it is salvation by faith, and that faith is not apart from works. So instead of saying salvation plus works, salvation is equals faith plus works, all right? Or rather saying faith plus works equals salvation. That's wrong. We actually say faith results in salvation plus works. Faith results in salvation plus works. What is that to say? The works are not a causation of salvation, but rather they are a product of salvation. Do you understand that? That our salvation comes by faith alone, by faith alone, but that salvation comes with obedience. And that the proof of that salvation is the works that we do. We do not have the works that we do save us, but rather those works are a product of salvation. So it is not faith plus works, that equals salvation, but rather faith equals salvation plus works. Our works are a faithful representation of the life that has changed. So we don't obey the Ten Commandments in order to be saved, but because we are already saved and we are saved by grace through faith. And this is important because the children of Israel are given this when they've been liberated and it guides them. Now, you also must understand that the children of Israel are given these commandments as a covenant God had made covenants before this. And a covenant is a very special relationship between God and man where man has got certain responsibilities and uh, God has got his own sets of responsibilities and each is to be faithful. There's a covenant between God and man when man when God flooded the earth and he made it between him and him and who? Him and Noah. You know, and the sign of that covenant was the rainbow saying, and the Lord in his covenant said, I make a promise I will never flood the earth again. And then he made a covenant with Abraham and he said, in Abraham, I will use your nation. I will use your family to be a great nation. There'll be as many as the stars, you know, and he had uh, Abraham cut pieces of meat and those pieces of meat were cut and a smoking fire uh, which represented God walked through those pieces of meat. In that time that was the way of signing a covenant by saying now uh, this is what it will take to keep this covenant that may I be cut into pieces like these animals um, uh, if I don't keep my end of the covenant, you know. I will keep this covenant even if it kills me, you know. And the cut animals were a representation of, um, you know, the willingness to die to maintain that covenant, you know. And so that's exactly what was happening. Uh, God was making that covenant to Abraham saying, you know, um, even if it kills me, you will be the people that I will use and you will be the promised land and the children of Israel will come from you. And it did happen. And now Sinai, this is the third covenant where God is telling the children of Israel, these are the terms and these are my terms. I want you to live 
um, I want you to live um, in honor of these 10 rules. Now, something interesting about the covenants, before we go on, you'll notice that the covenants all point to Jesus Christ. Um, with the covenant between God and Noah, the arrow, uh, so not the arrow, the, the, the rainbow um, represented um, in that time, they would have understood it very clearly as a weapon of war that's pointing upwards, you know, and it's beautiful. It's got several colors, you know, and if you put an arrow to that bow, the arrow would point upwards, meaning uh, the Lord was making the same gravity, uh, the, the same comment with, with, with gravity, saying, um, if I fail to this covenant, uh, may it kill me, or I will keep this if it kills me. You know, the arrow was pointing upward, and it was pointing to Jesus Christ, that Jesus was willing to be faithful to us, even if it kills him, and he did kill him. And then the second covenant with Abraham, that I will keep this covenant even if it kills me like these animals and jesus was that animal where he was slaughtered the lamb of god was slaughtered and he did kill him and in the ten commandments the lord is giving them these commands and he says obey these commands obey these commands and keep them you know and if you don't obey these commands you'll be set apart you'll be cast aside you know and jesus christ came on earth and what did jesus do jesus kept these commands on our behalf because we cannot keep these 10 commandments we fail at keeping these 10 commandments but jesus christ came and jesus christ had no other god but his father jesus christ don't make an idol of anything jesus christ never took the name of the lord is god in vain Jesus Christ remembered the Sabbath. He kept it holy. And for those people who misunderstood the Sabbath and were accusing Jesus of working on the Sabbath, healing on the Sabbath, he corrected them and told them, listen, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus Christ honored his father and his mother. He was God, yet he submitted to Joseph and Mary. Jesus Christ did not murder. In fact, he was murdered. Jesus Christ did not commit adultery. He was pure in heart, pure in thought, pure in deed. Jesus Christ never stole. In fact, anything he gave. Jesus Christ never bore false witness against his neighbor. If anything, he spoke the truth, the truth in love at all times. Jesus Christ did not covet his neighbor's house. Jesus Christ did not covet anybody's wife. Jesus Christ did not covet anybody's son anybody's ox, anybody's donkey, anything that is neighbors, because Jesus had the riches of riches. He had nothing to covet. If anything, he shared his riches with us. And so Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfiller of the Ten Commandments. And he says, I did not come to abolish this law, but I came to fulfill it. All right. And by saying that Jesus Christ has fulfilled the Ten Commandments, then we too can understand that through him, we can fulfill them as well. Through him as believers, you can fulfill them. So for the next uh, episodes, guys, we're going to go through each of the commands. We're going to go through them one by one and understand what is God's heart behind each of these and how can we live in such a way that we honor the Ten Commandments through our relationship with Jesus Christ, who fulfilled all of them and died on the cross. I look forward to these episodes. My name is Ernest Romboy, and this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. And for more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, please head over to www.edify.app, that is E-D-I-F-I.app, or you could search for the Edify app in the App Store and in the Google Play Store. And we'll see you next time.